It seems our country just can't get a, a break lately, can it? It's just one tragedy after another. No time in between to even stop and think about it. We watched Hurricane Harvey and Irma wreak havoc in quick succession. Fires in the gorge. Mass murder in Las Vegas. And now Northern California is ablaze. And throwing a, a tornado a few, a few miles away to remind us that we're not immune from disaster in the land of milk and honey. One of our members just told me the other day that he had relatives who had to evacuate from Santa Rosa. And I've heard from a few of you that you know someone or are related to someone who was at the concert in Vegas when the killing happened. And some of you know people in the gorge and in Florida and Texas. You know, it's not like we're completely out of touch with these things. The fundamental question is, why do these things happen? Doesn't God want success, material blessings, and happiness for His people? He would never cause hurricanes and fires and allow people to be killed in such a diabolical way. Well, that's the popular Christian church message, but what I say to you now is not popular, and you're not going to like it. None of us can bear to hear it. But fires, droughts, Hurricanes, tornadoes, volcanoes, floods, earthquakes, and so on are the wrath of God on a damned world. Remember Genesis. God put the earth under a curse for the sin of Adam and Eve. And let's also remember that Jesus himself said to some guys who walked up to him asking him about a mass killing at the hands of Pontius Pilate Yes, that very same Pontius Pilate who condemned Jesus to death. Jesus said to these guys, Do you think they were killed because their sins were greater than yours? I tell you, the same thing will happen to you if you do not believe and repent. And then he reinforces the point by bringing up an accident that had recently happened that, that was apparently big news. A tower of some kind had fallen. Probably a Roman construction project, a water tower maybe, or a lookout. Anyway, it collapsed and killed 18 people. Again, Jesus asked these men, do you think they were worse offenders than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? No. But unless you believe and repent, the same thing will happen to you. Sobering, isn't it? We love equality in this country. Well, we're all equal under the law. The law of God. We dare not explain these things away with cop-outs like global warming and mental illness. There's no comfort in those things. They just make the world more random and scary. There's some comfort, however, in that these disasters are signs that Christ is getting closer to returning. And when he does, he'll do away with sin and tragedy altogether for eternity. There is some comfort that in the meantime, these tragedies are occasions for us to examine ourselves and reflect on our own frailty and our need for Jesus Christ. For example, everyone at that concert in Vegas, Christian, atheist, injured, uninjured, dead or alive, deserved God's wrath because of their sin. 
Now that's a hard pill to swallow because they were, there, they were just there to enjoy a country music festival. But we're all deserving of wrath because of sin and Vegas, Puerto Rico, Santa Rosa, every disaster in history are warnings of judgment upon a world that's in sin but yet might bring us to repentance and eternal life. You know, it's not like we haven't been warned, right? It's not like your unbelieving neighbor, co-worker, friends and family haven't been warned and continue to be warned. The whole world is being warned and called to believe and repent. Sin is an abnormal thing, you know, even though we live with it every day and get, you know, we're quite used to it. In the social world, wars and corrupt governments and famine and injustice, it all seems so normal, doesn't it? In the natural world, floods and fires seem normal too. They happen every year. But really, they're abnormal occurrences. And I don't think many victims would argue that with me. They might argue about God's judgment, but not the fact that those are abnormal occurrences. When one day you have a home to safely dwell in and sleep at night and the next day it's a smolding pile of ash, that's abnormal. When you go to a public event to enjoy the arts and humanity and you don't come out alive, that's not normal. (laughs) Martin Luther says this about it. Man's failure to recognize these abnormalities as precursors and signs of the approaching return of Christ and the tendency even for, of Christians to overlook them is caused by the astounding stupor dulling our eyes, mind, and heart since the fall of mankind in the garden. These things surely ought to wake us up. Since mankind was created to love and serve one another, it's a horrible abnormality that we wage war and kill each other. Abnormal furthermore are epidemics and famines when people were created to fill the earth And the earth is to nourish and support man. And what's even a more monstrous abnormality is the world hates Christ and the Christian church for proclaiming this. For proclaiming to the world that there is salvation and total reconciliation with God achieved by the blood of His Son Jesus. But don't just take it from me. Let the one who died for you to save you remind you of why things are the way they are. Matthew 24. The disciples came to Jesus privately so no one could hear, uh, so no one else could hear them asking this. When will the end of things come? And what will be the signs? Jesus replied, Don't let anyone lead you astray. Many will come claiming to be me and will lead many astray. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of war. Don't be alarmed because this has to happen. But the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places. And these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then those who hate you because of me will make your lives miserable and even kill you. And you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Many believers will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. 
but the one who makes it through all that will be saved. And the good news about me will be told throughout the whole world, and then the end will come. My friends, the only hope of the world in the midst of all this tragedy is Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important to believe and be a follower of Jesus because we don't know when the end will come. Whether it's when Jesus brings it or when it's at the, hand, at the hands of someone else or something else, it doesn't matter. Be ready. Believe and be saved and you'll live on, you'll live on in a newly made earth that has no more disasters and no more death. We heard a moment ago tell us this through his, uh, God tell us this through his prophet Isaiah. He will swallow up death forever and the Lord God will wipe, wipe away all tears from all faces. Now I said earlier that, uh, that tragedies are, are, are warnings and opportunities for the world to believe and repent. Okay, so what about those who are baptized? and continually hear God's word and receive the sacraments for forgiveness and strength. What about us who do believe and have repented here in church today, this morning, every Sunday? Well, we are saved. (laughs) That's good news. We have been justified by God. You and I are declared not guilty of sin on account of Jesus paying the price for it when he was crucified on the cross and dead on our behalf. And because he rose from death and lives, we live. Prior to his return, we still live in a world, though, that's been, uh, even though it's been redeemed, and you and I have been redeemed, and all our fellow Christians across the globe are redeemed and declared innocent, it's still under the curse. And we still sin. We live in a strange time in history when being a child of God means living in two realities at the same time. One of death and decay and one of new life and regeneration. The good news is the new life and perfect body and perfect world part win the day because Jesus won the victory over sin and death and we wait in hope. That's what keeps us going. I've been taking us through Philippians these last several weeks and today is the last Sunday that uh, Philippians, the reading from Philippians are in the text in the lectionary and I didn't talk about it but you can take it home and read it but I still have a Philippians activity for you this week Uh, not a flippant activity but a Philippians activity much of the Christian's church reaction with the world is in opposition to its rejection of Christ You know, we stand firm against beliefs and practices which hurt people, even kill them, and destroy families and relationships, among many other things, that are detrimental to life. But there are places where the church can engage with the world in a supportive way. So this week, let's affirm the good that our little church does here in this community. And by doing so, our witness points to that which is godly and to Jesus Christ. Identify something that we do as a church that is good. For example, the food we give people, the clothing we give them, the quilts, the gift cards. Uh, You think of, you know, I'm not going to name them all. You think of more and thank God for them in your prayers and how God might continue to do those things and more as as we move forward in this present age 
with all its tragedies and disasters and struggles. There's no comfort to be found in doing such a thing. It's, it's law. And our salvation is not pinned on our good works. But the saving act of God through Jesus Christ produces those fruits of good work. And we still thank Him for it and all He does for us. May the peace of God, which can bring only peace from Him through Jesus, keep your hearts and minds on Him and in Him till the day of resurrection. Amen.